the pride of Limerick, a young man named Sean Sheehan. The MMA media, Don Graham McDonald. The severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 149 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, and with me, like every week, is the Caddy Newman of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we delve into a big week uh, for, well, it's not actually really that big of a week for MMA, but I suppose MMA outside of the cage, maybe it's been a, a big enough week. But inside of the cage, we'll kick it off with we'll talk about um, UFC Bellum card from Brazil, which wasn't the best card, but there was a couple of good fights. Uh, well, a couple of mm, uh, fights we can talk about anyway at the top of that. UFC 221 next week as well is obviously a big one with uh, an interim title fight on that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Ronda Rousey making her WWE debut and we'll talk about her from more of an MMA stance because Graham will get mad if we talk about WWE. We're going to talk about Anderson Silva failing the test. We're going to talk mm, about Max Holloway getting injured. We're going to talk about Fly Mayweather in a cage briefly and uh, a couple of more things as well. Graham, how are you? Yeah, good. I'm a bit hungover. I was there at a, I was there actually Friday and Saturday. I was there at a, these charming men uh, Smith's tribute band last night. So God, oh just God. got straight up and uh, do this. I'd be in bed brave still, and true. otherwise probably. You're brave and true for <laughs> the fans of the Severe MMA podcast. You're doing it for them, aren't you? You're, you're, you're just Jesus. Hashtag pray for Graham. Should we get it going? Yeah, definitely. We get it going. Uh, I think we we'll, we'll, this week we'll save the soccer talk and the the uh, NFL talk maybe uh, until the end for for a second. So we'll get let's get straight into um into the MMA. We, let's kick it off this way: Leona Machida versus Eric Anders. Did you think the decision was right? Yeah, I thought I thought it was a forty eight forty seven for Machida. It was close. So I can see why uh, people scored it the other way, and I can I can kind of see why people are. Um, People are saying Anders won, but it was there was really close rounds in there, and even the Machida rounds that he won weren't weren't that um weren't that clear. So I can see why uh why a lot of people scored the other way. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I thought Machida did, did just enough. Yeah, I I I thought Anders won three rounds to two, but I think I think you kind of hit the nail in the head there. The I think the first round and the last round Machida definitely won, and I think the third round. Um and the fourth round, Anders definitely won. I think it was the second round that was that was very close, and I think Anders. I just scored that for Anders because he. I thought he was countering him a little bit better, but the first round, Leota was kind of winning it with his leg kicks and stuff. Um, he had a bit of time on top as well. I thought it won it for him. The, as I said, the second was very close. You know, Anders started countering those leg kicks and he countered countered the body kicks as well. And I thought when Leoto came any bit higher, when he when he came to the, the body and went to the head, he got countered an awful lot, but he didn't go to the head enough, I, I felt. But when he threw inside leg kicks, he was getting countered all the time. And I, I thought that's, for me, what won the second round, I thought, for Anders. Uh, because he, he threw... He threw two or three inside leg kicks and got countered with him. And then he kind of stopped doing them and picked them better from then on in. Uh, in the third, I thought Anders, I really thought Anders was going to take over there because Leota came out very attacking in that round. Uh, and, you know, he was put on the ground. He was hit with that big knee then. Um, but he kind of came back into it then. He was attacking and he was landing a few big shots in the fourth. Leota was doing pretty well, but you know he was knocked down again, and he was you know held against the fence for a while, and he was you know he was was a knockdown kind of a second time he was stumbling against the fence, and it got a you know connected with another knee. But uh, in the fifth, Leota, you know he came back. I th- I think it was that experience as well. I think Anders might have been expecting 
Liotta to to maybe wilt and get tired. You know, he's shoving on now. But I thought his kicks did very well. He uh, in the in the fifth, he was making Anders miss a lot. He landed a huge knee to the body at one stage, and uh, you know Anders came back into it with a late takedown, but he didn't he didn't hold it enough. So uh, like, I, I to be honest, at the end of it, I was. I thought Anders had won, but I was kind of expecting Machida to win. And like when you're looking at it from the judges' point of view, you know, a lot of people were saying it was a hometown decision and stuff. It's hard to say, you know, it's hard to say that. Some people pointed out as well, you know, some of the judges. I think Tony Weeks was one of the judges who was obviously an American. Uh, but it's the, you know, the crowd reaction. I think is a big part of it as well when people talk about hometown decisions and stuff like that. That you know, just every time Machida threw a punch or landed a punch, I'm sure the crowd uh, had a big shout. And every time. Um, you know, every time uh, Anders landed one, I, they were probably saying nothing, you know, and that, it, it's only human nature, and, and that knee as well, I, I, what round was it in the uh, the third round, I think it was, yeah, where, you know, the big Anders knee, which cut Leota up, that was a very hard knee to see, you know, it was right up against the cage, you know, maybe a couple of the judges were on the wrong side of the cage to see it, you know, maybe they weren't looking at their monitors at the time, whatever happened very fast, the, you know, th- those things can play and <clears throat> come into play as well. You know, there's some fights that are very obvious. You know, there was one. There was one a couple of weeks ago. I thought was was a pretty easy, you know, obvious fight to score. But most of these fights that are close aren't a lot of them. You know, I, I like. I'm I'm harsh enough on judges sometimes when I you know when the fights should be scored a certain way. But this one was, you know, I think it was just it was one of those fights that really could have gone any anywhere. Yeah, I don't think. Uh... I don't think it was a robbery. I think it was it was close enough. Each round, even the rounds that we're saying were were definitive enough for for Machida and for Anders were were close enough rounds. And the third round, the third round was also very close, or the mm-hmm. second round, sorry, was also very close. So uh, pe- people like to claim hometown decision and all that, but um, I wouldn't have been that surprised if if that was given in in if that exact same decision was given in America. And I think it is human nature, like you're saying. I think. Thinking like soccer and everything in NFL, everything when the crowd is on on the side of one team, there's a bit of extra pressure on on the on, on the ref, and um, I think the same thing applies to, to the judges. They obviously maybe they miss something, and as you were saying, there's a big cheer when Machida lands a body shot or something, and then maybe Anders would land a body shot and nobody really react. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to miss. It's easier to miss some, something that's happened when uh, the crowd isn't reacting. Yeah, that's why Liverpool get all the great decisions at Anfield. You're dead right, but uh, <laughs> yeah. It, I thought the fight in general was a bit disappointing. You know, we, we spoke about it last week and I mentioned the kind of the curve of whether Machida going up is going to meet Anders coming down. And I think they met in a, a pretty a pretty similar position. But I think Machida is actually down further than I thought he would be. And I think Anders isn't up as much as I thought he would be either. Uh, I thought it was a, a pretty, you know, an average display by Boatman. Now, for Anders... What is he? What, is, what was that like? He's ten fight or something like that. Very young in his career, fighting someone like Machida, who is a very, very, very tough matchup. I know, like a lot of probably people listening to us are new enough viewers, you know, maybe only came in with the McGregory around stuff and don't know how awkward and you know testing Leon Machida actually is. He's been out for two years, uh, and uh, maybe say he his best years bypass a lot of people, but he's a you know it's a very, very tough, uh, a tough style matchup, especially for someone so young and who has it maybe had who's maybe had it so easy in his career <clears throat> you know as I, I mentioned last week what Anders is great as at is being an attacking fighter he's coming forward putting the pressure on you landing big big shots and he just couldn't do it in this one because he knew Leota would counter him but the thing about it is you know this reminded me a little bit of the Wonderboy Woodley fight except really a lot lower level um 
Liotta has lost all of his speed. He's not half as fast as he used to. And Anders just, he couldn't, he doesn't have the explosion and the power that Tyron Woodley has. He just, he just doesn't have it to land those big shots. And when he did land a few of them, but, you know, if Woodley had landed his shots, Anders landed, he wouldn't, you know, knock Wander by out or whatever the case may be. But Anders just doesn't, didn't have it. And I, I think Liotta was hurt by a couple of them. You know, we've seen Liotta knocked out a few times in the past before, but, uh, you know, I thought I thought Leota, this was a real sign. You know, the last fight he was coming off, he's he's two years off, and you you know you could give him put a line through that one maybe. But this one, this one was a disappointing off display. He doesn't look like the the Leota Machida of the past. He's you know he still has the skills, you know, but that that yard of pace is just I think is just gone. Yeah, well, it, it seems that way. It seems that uh, it seems that also he hasn't really evolved since since. Uh maybe since he was the light heavyweight champion, he's trying to, trying to do the same thing. And I think people have kind of figured it out more and they, they know what to look out for with Machida. So it makes it harder for him as well. And then obviously all that time out definitely doesn't help and a, a get, getting on in age and, and all that. But uh, it's funny, it's kind of strange when you, you win a main event against an undefeated guy and we're talking about how oh, you're over the hill, but Machida has, has been so good in the past and so quick with his counters and, it definitely it definitely seemed that he 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 definitely lost lost a yard of pace as you were saying yeah 100% uh what what do you think about anders like as a as a prospect coming through do you, like do you see him as someone you know it's hard <clears throat> it's hard to know really uh he, he, like he, he, as you were saying he's what that was his 11th fight he's, he's 30 days for him he i think he was a american he was american footballer in college and he was he was drafted or he wasn't drafted but he was signed to a practice squad or Something like that. So he's he's definitely um he's definitely a good athlete, and he, he takes a lot of dedication. I think to like to, to get there. So I think he, mentally he probably has a, has a good game as well. So we'll see how he reacts mentally now after after the first loss of his career. But uh, it was a big spot for him, you know, his first main event, and he he didn't make he didn't make a fool of himself. He he looked good in there. Okay, he didn't win, but a lot of people thought he won, and um. It kind of exposed some holes in his game that he can go and fix. So uh, I expect him to get better, but I don't, I don't know if we'll ever see him winning a belt or anything like that. But you never yeah. know. Because mm. He can make improvements off the holes that he the Majida exposed in his game. Yeah, I, I think because middleweight is so bad, <clears throat> he could have a you know a similar to you know OSP and those guys in the light heavyweight division and a couple more lads as well. He could have a run like that where he gets you know top ten, top fifteen, kind of Pat Cummins level. If, uh, you know when you're looking at the light heavyweight division, that, that middleweight division is very average. But I, I, I don't. Know. He could get there definitely, as you mentioned. You know he's a competitor all his life, and that's a, that's a big thing as well. But he just to me, he just doesn't look like he has. A, I saw, saw Tyron Woodley and uh, I think who was it? Uh, was it Eve Edwards on the on the panel doing this thing about you know uh, um, what's it called? American football um, translating over to MMA? And it was like, God, this is just foolish stuff altogether. Right? Like he he's make no doubt about it. Like he's to learn all those skills from new, and he's uh, he's definitely learned them, learned them very well. But it's very hard, you know, to pick that up like that and transition over to a new sport like that and you know maybe he can still do it he's very young you know he's he's had a, a you know he's been a kind of a prodigy so far but like when i look at guys uh, you know who are coming off of losses like you know in Gano, we spoke about last week or week before uh, or jay casey or you know till who are he didn't lose but he drew you know lo loads of other guys like that um 
and you can kind of see that they're you know they're improving they're going to make it better even like tj dillashaw back in the day and you know there's lots of other guys as well you know the improvements are going to come i just don't know i don't really see it with anders to be honest and i hope i'm wrong because the, the middleweight division uh badly needs it but yeah i i just don't see it um what about machida then he called out uh, Michael Bisping afterwards. I think we mentioned that before that it wouldn't be a bad fight to make. What do you, what do you think of that? Do you think uh, that'd be a good one to make? Yeah, it's it's unlike Machida really to call somebody out as well. So uh, it was a bit surprising. Usually, he just kind of doesn't doesn't say much. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it makes sense. Um, it would be a, it would be it would be a fight they could put a high on a high on a pay per view card or uh, on a, a fight night main event. So I can see that happening. I can see Bisping being interested in it. Bisping's always looking. To fight good guys, he, he's never really ducked anybody I, that I can think of anyway. So, yeah, I think um, if Bisping's up for it, I think it makes sense. But Bisping's talking about it being um, the next one being his last fight, but we know that's probably not true. So, mm-hmm. there was talk of uh, Bisping wanting to fight in, in England for his last fight, but he'll be waiting a while now. If he's not going to be on that London card, I, I doubt that's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely watch that. And I, I, think it'd be, I think it's a good fight. I think they're both kind of at similar points in their career as well. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind watching that. <clears throat> I, I always thought Bisping versus, versus Vitor is the fight to make, but apparently Bisping has no interest in fighting Vitor, so this, I think, is the second best. Uh, you know, they're talking about Bisping against Rashad. I, I wouldn't mind seeing Rashad against Machida again. You know, there's the backstory there, the, obviously the huge kind of embarrassing knockout that was kind of memed over and over and over. And, uh... yeah, I don't want to see Machida. I don't want to see Rashad Evans fight anybody anybody top, top notch again. Like, he just looked horrendous in his last couple of fights. Yeah. That's why you should fight Machida. Him. <laughs> Machida, I think, is even even too too high level for him as yeah. well. Like he, somebody who's going to, well, like he knocked him out the last time, and maybe Machida would knock him out this time. But uh, I, I, I think, I think, I think it would be a bad matchup for for Evans if Evans comes in looking anything like he has the last the last three or four years. He's looked, he's just looked awful. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's move on to the the comment event, <clears throat> um, where Valentina Shevchenko took on Priscilla. Kachoeira, I still can't say her name, even though I listened to I listened to them talking about her. This was one of the the most epic beatdowns in the history of the UFC. Um, Grabaka Hitman put up a, a tweet about you know before this fight about it being one of the the biggest mismatch, mismatches in UFC history, and uh, I kind of replied with the CM Punk thing and stuff. But this this was bordering <laughs> this was bordering on CM Punk Mickey Gall levels. It was that bad. Well, uh, come on. It was, oh, she was terrible. She was for fight, fighting Valentina Shevchenko. She, like she's one of the worst fighters I've ever seen in the UFC. I thought she was really, really awful. Couldn't throw a punch properly. Hadn't a clue how to defend off for her back. She was tough as hell. Tough as a two dollar steak, as as Jr. would say. But God, um, that fight should have been stopped in the first. What was it? First ninety seconds, two minutes around. Uh, and, and she survived and survived and survived in fairness to her. But this was a mismatch. Like all I could think of watching this fight. Well, it was two things. Like Yamasaki stopped the fight. And what were the matchmakers thinking? Actually putting this fight together, Do you know? Yeah, they, yeah. Like, would you score the first round ten eight, or would you go ten seven? Oh God! I, to be honest, I wasn't. I'd have to watch it again because I was just. My whole thinking was like, when's this going to end? Like, I knew it wasn't going to keep going. Yeah, you know, I knew. I just knew the fight wasn't. You didn't even need to score it. Like, you just no, know I it's didn't. Not, not yeah. be <laughs> I, I'd actually have to watch it again. <laughs> it must be Barton at a ten seven though. She just decimated her for the whole round, like. But yeah, I think I think you're, uh, she landed three strikes in the whole two rounds according to the official stats and eight. Well, how many? She ate two hundred and thirty and landed three. 
Yeah, no, but like you, you <laughs> that, that's happened. Yeah, that's happened in fights before. But at least someone, you know, you can see someone when they're surviving, they're getting beaten, and you know maybe they have a way of winning, like Brock Lesnar against uh, Shane Carwin, and you know we Darren Elkins, you know that these these guys are trying to fight out of it, or you know using their technique, just being beat, beat by better guys, and so. But Priscilla looked like she didn't have any technique, like and if, you know it, she looked. She just looked completely out of her depth, you know. And I, I like you. You have to feel sorry for her. the ref. The referee didn't. What did you think of the referee? Do you think were you in agreement with me? Should have been stopped early in the first. Yeah, I thought. I thought well, it was. It was clear. There was just. There was no way she was. She was. In, she wasn't even in the fight. Basically, you know. I think Dana came, Dana White came out and was was going at Yamasaki again, saying he should never ref again. I think he's. This is about the the fifteenth time he's. Uh, He's come out and said the ref shouldn't ref again, so there'd probably be no refs left if uh, Dana had his way. But I think this one, I actually agree with Dana that it was it was a terrible. It was it, it just should have been stopped. I think I think I think he could have stopped it seven or eight times. You know, it wasn't just one. one it wasn't he didn't just miss one opportunity to, to, and then he actually missed the tap. He missed the tap yeah. at the end as well. It's just like you're even paying attention here, mate. Like, yeah, it was pretty awful to be honest. Yeah, I I thought he should have stopped him when she was raining down those elbows, like. I want to say, like, it was the look of one of those fights where oh, Priscilla's going to tap the strikes. This is getting so bad, you know. And it, it and it, it's not one that you know, it, it, like, um, like Rockhold against Wyden, where kind of it's bad, but then it gets bad and worse and worse and worse, and it, you know, reaches a crescendo. This got bad from the very start, you know. It was, it was, it was like, okay, stop this now. We've seen enough. It's like, stop it, stop. No, he's still not stopping. It was, it was, yeah. I thought it was, um, it was pretty awful to be honest. Uh, last week we were talking about, you know, this fight maybe being a little bit unnecessary but Valentina Shevchenko afterwards said Nico Montano obviously the flyweight 125 pound champion of, of the UFC being injured and maybe being back after this this is surely the only fight isn't it Shevchenko against Montano Priscilla looked terrible but she, she was undefeated and there's not, there's not much else going on up there and Shevchenko's been unlucky in, in, in title fights before so I think I think Montagna, like she seems to have just disappeared off the face of the earth she doesn't really seem to be saying much she didn't get any she didn't seem to do any or be promoted by the UFC in any way. Usually, when somebody wins a title, it'll be something. But they they don't seem to be putting much behind her. So I think maybe they they want somebody who's already established in the in the division and already established in the the fans' uh, minds, like Shevchenko, to have the belt rather than rather than uh, Montagna. But uh, I think it's a good style matchup as well for Shevchenko. I think uh, I think it'd be a handy enough win for her, to be honest. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I think she'll run through. She like she looked phenomenal last night. I know it was. You know, it was an easy fight for her, to be honest. But she, her hands looked very good. She looked like she was letting them go. She looked phenomenal at the weight as well, which I think is is an important thing. You know, I think, you know, a lot of, we talk about weight cutting and, and people, you know, maybe shouldn't go down weight classes and stuff. But I think one twenty five pounds is her weight class. You know, they, I don't think, I don't think it's killing her to get there. I think, I think if she had to go to one fifteen, which was would have been the case before when, when the division wasn't there, that would have killed her to get down there. But I think one twenty five is her division, and I think, you know, she's really the uncrowned champion. You know, I think. Every Everyone would agree that the best in the world, maybe with the the exception of Barra Panchak and, and, and a couple more, weren't in the in the house. Um, Nico Montano is a good fighter. I've, I mentioned that here before, but uh, not yet. I don't think she's at the level of uh, of Shevchenko. And I, I'd be surprised if Shevchenko doesn't uh, doesn't take that belt at some stage um, this year. Yeah, um, uh, there's, there's, there's not much there in the division. Like you know, Eubanks looked good on. Uh... The show, but can she make can she make the way consistently? Like, can they trust her to be a champion if you put her in, in a title shot? So if she comes a champion, is she gonna miss weight? Then you got people like you know Lauren Murphy, Alexis Davis, and then you got Roxanne at number four. I think that kind of 
that says everything about the division. Ah, uh, don't poor Roxy. I thought she was the darling of honest, the, the media. Did you not come on. Yeah, you know, be there's nice a lot of um, Let's there's a lot of people who, who love Roxy and all that, but she she looked actually diabolical in that fight uh, for for the title. Um, and she, yeah, uh, when you're in Roxanne's four, like the division, the division isn't great. Like I know it's very new. And they they spread they spread out the the two women's division they have over four divisions now, so yeah. it, it was obviously going to happen that there wasn't going to be um there wasn't going to be much depth at the start. But I suppose you got to begin somewhere, and it'll it'll and uh, and the rankings aren't everything. Like I think maybe maybe the reason Roxanne's ranked so high is because people know her better than they know other people in the in the division. So maybe that's part of it as well. So um yeah, I think it's it's it's. It's it's going to be Shevchenko next. It doesn't really make sense to do anything else. So I think uh, I think it would have been Eubanks if 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 it wasn't like a weight issue that that force rate. If it had been like an unfortunate injury or something, then maybe they would have put her back in there against Montana. But because it was because it was a weight thing, I think that they'll, they'll move on from her and let her work her way back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's probably ranked there because uh, the the shock jock DJ in Des Moines, Iowa, googled women's MMA rankings and found found Roman MMA risings from like five years ago, and said, "Oh, look at she's there. I'll let's I'll put her in my UFC rankings so I can get my name on UFC.com. Let's do that." Uh, but anyway, uh, the rest of this card, you, <laughs> <laughs> you you took the main card. Mini, I took mini, the main there. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, was there anything else in that main card? That, you know, I know you checked that out. That that worse. We're talking about there's three decision wins and. Tiago Santos got another knockout win. Uh, anything stood out for you on that? Uh, not particularly. No, not really. Um, there was a bit of a on the the, the prelim main event. There was a bit of a controversy. People were thought mm-hmm. uh, Tim Means had won, but Sergio ended up getting the decision. But uh, yeah, people love Colin Robbie and all that stuff. But... Yeah, I thought it was I thought it was very very close. Um, Means's corner was the weirdest thing in this because they kept saying, "Oh, you're winning this fight, you're winning." And I thought I think at the end of the fight, Tim Means thought he'd won thirty twenty seven, but it was a very close one. <sighs> Scoring it live, I did give it to Marais. 29-28, but if you if that had come out means I would have said absolutely fine. I think Marais won the first. Uh, was it? The, yeah, he won the first, and means definitely won the third. But well, when I said definitely, I think there were either of those could have gone either way as well. To be honest, well, maybe not third. Means did win the third, but the second was very close as well. So um, yeah, I, I think it wasn't a robbery or anything like that. Uh, Yuri Alcantara um, beat Joe Soto as well. Alcantara is one of those guys, isn't he? He can just come out out of nowhere take a guy out and and you know beat him really early remember that fight was it against uh uriah faber he nearly did it to him as well and ended up losing he's done it to like so many guys i remember was it vaughn lee he beat him like real early as well and brad pickett he, he just he's one of those guys that can do that and will do it every time like alcantara is really one of those fighters he could go in and fight the best guys in the world and beat him in a minute or else he could just get destroyed over three rounds he really is one of those guys yeah. and we just flop to his back and go for triangles that aren't there and just lose like that he's very hit and miss like i think if if, if it's just if it starts going well for me he, he's a good he's a good leader he's a good uh he's a good uh he's good out in front but when when it starts going wrong he gets desperate he starts dropping to his back and going for triangles and maybe that worked back when he was when he was a, a young pro but these days it's very hard. It's very hard to triangle people off your back. Uh, I love it. I love so, but, it. Like, no, it is, it's, it's interesting to see different styles as well. Like it's, it, you, every, a lot of the fights can be very similar in, in style. So it is good to see somebody who's trying something different. But uh, when you come up against the elite guys, dropping to your back it, it, it isn't going to be good. 
Marais as well, he pulled uh, he pulled guard twice, I think, in that fight against Tim Means. And like I I thought it was a very interesting point. You know, people said to take down score. Well, like he initiated that takedown. He might have ended up on bottom, but like should he get a you know, should he score for that takedown then? It's not a takedown if, if somebody pulls guard, is it? Why isn't it? He took it to the ground. I know, but he, he didn't take your man down. He He did. He didn't he He did. He took him down. He wouldn't have gone down unless he took him down by pulling guard. Well, he chose to go down. He could have stayed up, I think, yeah. like if he wanted to. Yes. So it wasn't as if he forced him there. He like he offered him it and he took it. So it's kind of different. Nobody pulled him down. He uh, caught him and pulled him down. Yeah, but I think you, you like you know it, you probably could have resisted that if you if it wasn't a dominant position you were going to end up in. I don't know. Sometimes I can't. Like, what, what, like, Tim Means wouldn't want to go to the ground with Sergio Morris. You know, he got straight back up basically from it when, when he did pull him on the first time, anyway. Like, I, I've always thought takedowns should score, but, but I think MMA scoring is a little bit fucked up. Not, not score as much as points and stuff like that, but. You know, if you do nothing with him, obviously that you know, I don't know. I find it hard to explain, but I think like, like I think it is offense. Like I think if you're looking at offense in a fight, I think a takedown should be scored as offense. You know, but that's I suppose that's a debate for another day. But if, like if you're wanting to if you're wanting to say that, I think someone pulling guard should be should be scored that way as well. But that's neither here nor there anyway. Let's let's move on. You have guys uh, pulling guard with like five seconds ago and, and yeah, rounds just to try and secure I, I, love, I, love, I love guard pulling. It's my favorite thing. Uh, before we get to UFC 221, let's, before we get very heavy on, on fighting all this and all, and all of that, let's get to some real fights here. Let's get to it. Ronda Rousey turned up in the WWE the other day at Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble was just finished. Asuka had thrown Nikki Bella out over the top rope. She was standing there with the two champions, Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair. And what hits? with bad reputation and who comes out but Ronda Rousey to point at a sign and look really awkward and get her hand slapped by Asuka and then shake hands with Stephanie McMahon. How much did you love this, Graham, and to talk about it all week in the MMA sphere? Um, yeah, uh, I, don't really, I don't really care. Um, I just I just thought it was really weird. I, I didn't see it live, but I saw a clip of it and maybe the clip was edited or something, but it looked really weird. She just came out with like a stupid grin on her face, like which is fair enough, but she didn't say anything she just pointed at a sign a few times um she sh- shook hands with people slowly really slowly it was just so odd it was like i don't really understand wwe it's so odd yeah it was it was very weird and very, like when you have someone like ronda rousey i was listening to david Meltzer talking about it. he made a great point like when you have someone like ronda rousey who's a genuine like fighter who's a world champion you know a badass you you, you should make her be that you shouldn't make her be like a pro wrestler like uh, if people don't know like uh, every year when wrestlemania is coming up they have this sign up like the road to wrestlemania and they always point at the sign you know let's fight at wrestlemania and all this and the first thing ronda rousey does when she goes there is like act like a pro wrestler it's like she shouldn't be acting like a pro wrestler she should be acting like a fighter you know like someone who can beat the shit out of all these pro wrestlers and that really should be her gimmick but that that's that's neither here nor there anyway. This isn't a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, uh, actually, yeah. another thing, I thought like the the Rowdy Roddy Piper thing or whatever, the, the yeah. I thought the, the her merchandise looked absolutely terrible as well. I, I think one of them was alright. One said like Hot Ronda and I was like, who's yeah, going to wear that? You look like the biggest yeah. creep of all time. But the other but one they've was... Been, they've been talking about having her in WWE for about a year and this is the best they can come up with. Like, terrible. Yeah. Well, I think one was like Rowdy Rousey or something or Rowdy Ronda. That one was okay but the other one was pretty bad, um, I think. But they're, you know, they're, they're just running this Roddy Piper gimmick the whole time and... Um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to work, but what do you, you like? This uh, is, hold on, she's, she's yeah. a full time. I, I saw something, she's a full time wrestler now, is she? 
Yeah, she's full time. She's going to be turning up like twice a week or whatever, doesn't it? I don't know. See, Brock Lesnar is a full time wrestler as well, but he only turns up maybe like. Oh, I thought he was like a special attraction or something. He is, but I think she like, like it. Nobody knows yet. Like she didn't turn up to, to Raw or SmackDown the day after, but she is filming in Colombia. That was actually real. So maybe you know, in a couple of weeks, I, I think she's two weeks time. She's booked in for our first thing on Raw, but I'm I'm unsure if it's going to be all the time. I suppose we won't know until after WrestleMania if if, if it will be a full time thing or not. But I think. You know, by the sounds of it, it's, she's going to be a special attraction like Brock Lesnar. You know, come in for the big. I think they've like four big pay per views a year. She'd probably do those four. I, I would be my guess. Now she might be there every week. You know, at Raw and SmackDown, but mm. I'd, I'd be doubtful enough. Do you reckon that. they're going to have her talk, or do you think they'll do the Paul Heyman Brock Lesnar thing? I'm. I kind of hope they have her talk. But I'd love to see her with Paul Heyman as well. I, uh, I'm a big fan of Paul Heyman. I think he's brilliant. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see her talking. I think. You know, I, I, I mean, like, there's big things here. You, you, we, you know, we talk about MMA all the time. You go, oh, how's his stand up or her stand up or her ground game or his ground game or whatever. Like, when you're looking at WWE, you think, how's their in uh, in ring wrestling and how's their talking outside of it? And, you know, she's both of those things to prove just because she's a really good athlete and, a, you know, a judoka, a world champion MMA fighter doesn't mean she'll any, be any good at, at, uh, at professional wrestling so i think it's a it's a very interesting thing to see to to look at and, and see going forward but i suppose it's i think it's a little bit of a pity and, and uh, just quickly i suppose looking back at, at actually ronda's career that she's looked on she's looked on with weird with weird eyes really and a lot of it is her own fault like i think we should appreciate ronda rousey for what she was you know a trailblazer a, a champion you know but the best Still the up there with the one of the best women we've ever had, you know, along with Chris Cyborg, who I think is definitely it, with Yuani and Jacek, you know, the Gina Carano as well. You can't, you know, you can't forget them. But we, you know, we spoke about women's MMA last last week and how the, the progression hasn't moved on an awful lot. And I think Ronda Rousey was maybe a little bit unlucky to run into two people who were also very good. Maybe Holly Holm was kind of on her level, but Amanda Nunes definitely one that was way above her level and one that's moved on. But Ronda Rousey was the best in her time, you know, and I think she needs to be remembered for that as well. Like, it looks like she's, we never say never, but it looks like she's not going to, to fight again. You know, she, she's done this with, with judo as well. She gave it up when she was young after she kind of, her first failure, really, her first big failure in the Olympics, where she, and a failure is a bit harsh when she won a bronze medal, but you know, she didn't win it, but where most people when they're young, and I think David Meltzer was making that point as well, I think she was, what, 20, 21 or something when she won that bronze medal, you know, most people would say, a bronze medal at 21, you know, when I'm 25, I'll win the gold, but uh, she kind of just gave it up and then moved, and I, I think it'll probably be the same with MMA, and I, I don't see her back. Do you, what's the other thing though is like there's very little money in it and that stuff as well so I suppose, that was yeah. probably like there's a lot of money in in the UFC for Ronda if she wants to come back but <sighs> unless the WWE things it turns out to be a disaster I think she'll, she'll she won't be back to MMA what do you but think about it, her it could be a disaster because like you know mm-hmm. like I don't like I don't want to hate her Ronda but like her acting skills and I see I haven't seen her in any movies but I saw a little clip what was going around a few months back and it wasn't it wasn't good like but I suppose she's been. I assume she's been like training in the, the WWE and all that, my skills and all that. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. And um, the the fact that they didn't bring her out with Paul Heyman or or some character to talk for her probably maybe does mean that she's she's gonna do her own talking. So it'll be interesting to see how she does. But uh, yeah, I think I think as lo- as long as it's not a disaster, she's just gonna not be back in MMA and not be back in the UFC. 
you think what do you uh, just on last thing what do you think about her legacy do you think she's a bit undervalued and underappreciated from for what she actually was i know a lot of it it's because she didn't talk to the media after her losses and stuff and you know like like the likes of mcgregor and stuff when he lost he always came out looking better and even even guys like junior dos santos and anderson silva and chris weidman and, and people like that george st pierre even back in the day you know do, do you think that that affects her but or do you think her legacy should be more appreciated yeah, I think I think um, some of the media were were are still pissed off that she didn't yeah. talk to them, but I don't think she owed them anything. I think maybe she owed a couple of people, maybe people who helped her when she was when she wasn't in the UFC and promoted her, maybe, and she should have given interviews to them. But that's up to her. She doesn't know anybody anything, you know. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not like the media have no God given right to for you to spend time talking to them. So I, I don't. I think that's a bit misplaced, but. Um, yeah, I think that kind of affects how how the media, some some of the media anyway, are are perceiving her. But I think obviously her her record, like okay, lost her last two, but besides that, she, she was winning like thirteen sec or what was it, fifteen second armbar against Katzenjan yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like she was she was winning really easily and quickly and making it look easy. So I think I think uh, it's easy to forget that when when the lasting impression is her getting head kicked and uh, by home and then badly beaten by Nunes, but. I don't. I, I think once she lost at home, uh, it changed her mentally, and she she just wasn't she just wasn't um, she wasn't in the right mind frame. She wasn't in the same mind frame that she was before she, before when she was on that streak when she was undefeated. And I don't. Maybe the the she doesn't really seem to take loss as well. But a lot of people who are highly successful, uh, like at the top of their game, don't take losing well. Like you know, um, Messi, Ronaldo, all these guys. Like you know mm-hmm. and. All different sports, like that's kind of part of it's a personality trait. That's part of being the best for a lot of people who are the best. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. When you lose, then people kind of throw it back in your face. But I think I think Ronda's I think Ronda's appreciated by most people. But there is a few who who uh, are pissed off with with her for for little things that maybe they they don't really have the, the right to be pissed off about. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And the media thing is all like. Yeah, it'll obviously be nice, and I suppose maybe we're looking at it from a different point of view because you know, I imagine I suppose if we were like look going out looking to, to interview people and stuff and bring them on the podcast, maybe we'd be thinking about it different. But like, if someone chooses not to speak to the media, I'm like, I'm fine with that. I think that's their right, you know. If and I think the media as well, and it's something you have. I've learned a lot over. Like, you have to be able to let people question your thoughts you know and disagree with you like uh, if someone is taking a piss now and you know and just being a, a dickhead about things fair enough but like i like like that martin o'neill thing you see that during the week with that with tony o'donoghue and like he i i think martin o'neill was probably wrong on it but the fact that he questioned him back and people are going mad over martin o'neill questioning him back or having a bit, a bit of a dig back at him it's like what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with it okay fair enough you might totally disagree with him but what's wrong with uh, you know questioning that media person they're allowed questioning you all the time i have no problem with that like if, if i say something about a fighter you know i i criticized uh, priscilla there earlier on if she wants to say you're a fucking joke you're a fat prick talking about me what's up that's fine like fair enough if, if you want to have that opinion fair enough like i think people in the media need to take that on board uh, a little bit more and even you know this this whole jordan peterson interview that came out you know when when you we saw Kelly newman getting it back from him I thought that was, you know, exceptional just to see a debate like that. And I think people, uh, like, this this interview, interviewee thing can get a little bit weird at times. And, I, like, I, I like a conversation. You know, guys like Ariel do it very well and, and, and other people as well. 
when, when there's a conversation back or when, you know, it's not just, oh, I've, my question's written out, you answer these. And if you don't, you know, people, if, if they don't say a, a sentence that you don't like, people get outraged about it and get mad about it. Uh, or if they don't answer the question, they don't want to give you a proper answer to people, uh, people get mad about it. Like, you should cover what they say. You shouldn't try to force them to say things. You know, obviously have good questions and and try to get a good story out of them and everything like that. But I think, you know, if people, people shouldn't be trying to force opinions or force fighters to do stuff in the media. Like, Fernando Rossi doesn't want to speak. That's grand, and then cover it like that. Like I, I, we've we've talked about it a lot of times, and we can we've said that her not speaking like that has definitely affected her legacy. And we said it right now, and that's fair enough. You do that, but the, like not getting mad about her not speaking, I think you know is the point you were kind of making. I think um, I think that is is definitely a bit weird, but that that was kind of an a, a weird tangent there by me. Uh, <laughs> should we move on, or do you want do you want yeah. to say about that? We'll move on. Uh, <clears throat> right, UFC. 221 this weekend coming from is it Perth, Australia? It sure is. Um, obviously, the main event of this fell out was supposed to be Luke Rockhold versus uh Robert Whitaker for the, the UFC middleweight title, which wasn't interim, but now it's going to be an interim title for UL Romero against Luke Rockhold. Uh, and it's main event in here. We've obviously we spoke about this card a couple of weeks ago when it when it fell apart and stuff that that this isn't really a big pay per view card or anything like that. And, and we've talked all about that, so let's just talk about the fight itself. Romero against Rockhold. You have the hard-nosed wrestler who's a big hitter. You have Luke Rockhold, who's a very, very good jiu-jitsu artist who likes to pick his shots, who's, who takes his time, you know, will, will dive on you when he needs to. Which which style do you think will win out? Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I I, I think I'd, I'd lean towards Luke Rockhold here, I think. Um, but Yeah, I think so. I think... Um, it, it is a tough one though. I can, I can, I can, I can see, I can see it going a number of ways. Like, I, I could, like, Luke Rockhold. Like, people say he has a dodgy chin, but I don't, I don't know if he does. Um, you know, he got hit with a massive kick by Vitor Belfort, and then he, he, he kind of made a, a bad mistake against Bisping, and he obviously got, got finished there. But besides that, like, I don't know. He, his chin hasn't looked that bad to me. It's been a kind of running narrative that he hasn't got a chin, but maybe when you're looking for weaknesses and and somebody maybe that maybe his chin isn't the best, but I don't think it's that big of a problem. Obviously, Yo Romero can hit hard, but he's but he's like he's. I, I just think I I just think Romero. You know, he he, he when he fought Whitaker, I think Whit Whitaker kind of showed how you can beat him. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously he beat he beat Jackare, but Jackare it was a very close fight as well, and. Um, I can see this being a really close fight uh, as well, but uh, I, I could easily change my mind back to <laughs> or to Real Romero before the before the fight because it's one of them where where it could go a number of ways. But I, I, I think I think I'd lean with Rocco, but uh, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. To do. I like I like when the main event is one is an is a an important fight that it's really hard to pick. Like it, sometimes it happens where. You, you, like the the main event, one guy would be a huge favorite, and it kind of everybody knows how it's going to go. But this one, it could go a number of ways, which which is really good. And obviously, it's a it's a it was meant to be Robert Whitaker, and this is a really good fight. To obviously, everybody would prefer to see the Whitaker fight if he hadn't got the staff and all. But this is a really good fight to plug in. It's a fresh matchup, and it is two really top guys in the division. So, for as a replacement fight go, this is this is a brilliant replacement fight. 
I, I think it's either going to be a brilliant fight, like you said, or an absolutely terrible fight. Because both of these guys like to wait. You know, they're not ones who come in and, you know, land those three or four shots, land big output coming in on the attack. You know, we were talking about Anders earlier and his previous fights. He did that. Or, you know, McGregor does it. Or, you know, loads of Cain Velasquez. Loads of people do it coming, coming in. These are both guys. Yoel Romero is a guy who literally has third round knockout last minute or two of the fight loads of times he just waits for his opportunity and he hits Luke Rockhold is a guy who kind of paws on the outside throws a, a, a lovely uh, a lovely right hook throws big head kicks and stuff but doesn't have the biggest output in the world you know both guys very you know Jorn Mira is a top top wrestler obviously I think he was, what is he an Olympic silver medalist brilliant wrestler and throws big shots, big knees, big head kicks because his wrestling can can help him uh, to obviously stay on his feet or get up off of his back. You know, he's been taken down a good few times in the UFC, I believe, uh, even even though he has very good wrestling. And Luke Rockhold has good wrestling as well, obviously very good jiu-jitsu. So, like, I think, I, I really think this is going to be kind of, a, you know, like a harsh race where nobody will nobody lead away, you know, we, there's no front runner. And I think it could be one of those where they're just waiting and waiting and waiting and then someone will strike. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a fifth round knockout or something like that, where, you know, it's 2-2 it's two, two, and then someone says, fuck it, I'm going to go. And then he gets a knockout. And I think that could be Yoel Romero, to be honest. Uh, like, Yoel, the way, the way he fights is a way that's going to get you tired. Because you know he he's he's very light in his feet. He, look look at I always love to look at Yoel Romero's feet when he's fighting, because he like he literally is almost standing on his tippy toes, and everything he throws is from his toes. Whether it's a you know whether it's a, a kick to the legs, kick to the body, kick to the head, or punches, he he springs into everything, and that's why he's so hard to read. You know we've seen him that Chris Weidman one especially is the one that always stands out to me, but that that can get you very tired. Not only the the springing all the time, but also the springing with the, the strikes and you know just moving around like that on your toes is, is hard to do but I think if the fight plays out like I think it'll play out where both guys are waiting for each other maybe that cardio won't come into it as much as as it ha did maybe in the the, um, the Whitaker fight or maybe in other fights and he doesn't have as you know he doesn't have as much time to prepare for this either obviously Luke Rockhold was supposed to be fighting uh, fighting um, Whitaker in this so that could be a factor as well but I think if, if Yoel keeps his cardio up into the fourth and fifth I think he will win but if he doesn't I, I'd fancy Rockhold yeah, I think uh, the Romero was was preparing to fight Branch uh, later at the end of this month, so it's probably yeah, not. Know, so, yeah. You know, he's not coming in with with no camp behind him, but obviously, maybe ideally he he would have structured his camp differently if uh, if he knew up front that um, that he was going to be in this fight. So maybe that will play a little factor into it in a five round fight, but. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think it'll be too big, too big of a factor. Uh, Romero is also f uh, forty now as well. Like he, he's, there, it could be a point where he loses a step, but he's, he's, he doesn't see, like. There's been no signs of that so far. Even even though he lost to Whitaker in his last fight, I think that was more Whitaker just really showing how much he's improved and how good he is. I don't think it was a, a Romero slowing down or anything like that. So, um, yeah, this is just a really, really good fight. Um. I'd lean with Rockhold, but um, I wouldn't be surprised with with a as you were, like you as you were saying, if it was a fifth round knockout, I wouldn't be surprised. There's so many ways this could, this could go. Like it, it it could be it could be a, a knockout for either guy, or it could be a like it'd be interesting to see where if it hits the round. If if like Luke Rockhold looked very dominant with his with his uh, top control and stuff, it'd be interesting to see if he can do that to Romero, who's very strong and very explosive and a really really top level wrestler. Even though he doesn't use it maybe as much as uh, as much as um, 
you, you think if you're looking at his credentials coming in, you might think he'd be more wrestle heavy than he is, but mm-hmm. he he can use it if he needs to. But maybe I'll be interested to see what hits the ground because because Rockhold has been so dominant. Um, even against Jacare, he, he held his own on the, on the ground when it, when it, when it hit the ground back in strike force. So he's no mug on the ground. So I'm interested to see how this fight look looks everywhere really and. Yeah, it, it it could be it, it could be a quick quick finish or it could be maybe it could be a boring five rounder who knows but it's it's interesting because there's a there's no clear method of victory that's jumping off the page to me saying oh this is probably going to happen I think it could go a lot of ways and I think that's that's really good. I love main events like that as I said earlier. Totally agree. Couldn't agree more. Uh, the rest of the card then is really filled out with a lot of Australian guys. We obviously have Mark Hunt against Curtis Blades in the comment, and then we've the, the three kind of big Australian prospects in Te Tuivasa, um, Jake Matthews, and Tyson Pedro. Uh, Mark Hunt, Curtis Blades. Mark Hunt seems to be kind of fighting out his contract now. He just wants to get out of there with the with the. Um, with the, the contract coming up, I, I think Curtis Blades is is a bad enough matchup for him. And you know, Curtis Blades obviously he's a he's a good wrestler and stuff like that. Good on the feet is is very long. I could see it. I could see him making it hard for Mark Hunt to hit him. And if Hunt can't hit him, I, I think it's going to be a, a tough night for him. He's good up against the fence and stuff as well. But Mark Hunt is that is good fighter as well. You know he he's shoving on as well as you mentioned with you all there and he's maybe shown a little bit more but you know if he can keep off the ground keep off the fence he is a very good chance but i i think it's a tough enough matchup for hunt here yeah i'd actually go for blades here i think uh, blades uh, his only loss was to nganu um what was that a couple of years ago now yeah. um and yeah, okay, he, he lost that fight by by TKO, but he he went ten minutes and he like he 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 did ask a few questions of Ngannou. I think he put him on his back w- at least once, and he can mix it up. And Mark Hunt, Mark Hunt, um, you know, if you can get Mark Hunt down, he's not great off his back. I know it was a long time ago, but when when you're on top and uh, Sean McCorkle submits you from the bottom, it, it shows like you know there's, he's definitely a better striker. Everybody knows that. So Curtis Blades will, will be looking, I'd say, to to put him on his back when he can. And as you're saying, he's no mug on the feet either, so he, he has options. I don't think Mark Hunt has as many options. He's obviously going to be looking for the, the big left, the leaping left, like he always does. But mm-hmm. I think they're kind of he slowed down a little due to age, maybe, and with a wear and tear from from several uh, like the the big foot fight and fights like that. Like they take they, they take uh they take it out of you, especially especially when you've uh, been fighting for years like Hunt has, and you've been you've been doing K one kickboxing and all that stuff. So. He's, he's maybe had more fights than even his record would say, and he's got twenty five MMA fights on his record. So, mm. yeah, I think I think uh, Blades is the is is the the pick here. But with Mark Hunt, you never know when somebody has that much power, and is always looking to put people away. It, it, it's, it's always dangerous, and one shot could change everything. But I think I think Blades will have enough here. One shot, one kill. That's a fact, Jimmy Manoa. Uh, yeah. Look, other than that, I, I, I mentioned Jack Matthews there. I think he's fighting against uh, Li Zhang Liang, uh, my girl Crookland's favorite shout out. It is going to be a good one. I think the best fight in this card is actually the first fight on the, the pre, uh, televised prelim section in Juicy Mar Farmiga against Ben Wynn. I really like both of those guys. You know, there could be a flyweight title shot in that for, for the winner of that. They're, they're both close enough to it anyway. Uh, and I really, really like that fight. I rate both of those guys very highly. But it, this is. It's, it maybe doesn't have the names in it, but there's a few good matchups. Like, I really like, you know, those three guys I mentioned, Tatu, Ivasa, Jack Matthews, and Tyson Pedro. You know, they all 
they're all improving. They're not obviously all not there yet, but uh, I like all of those prospects. And if you're an Australian fan going to this, you know, it's, it's I don't think it has, it has the the call of a pay per view card or anything like that. But this is, a, I think, this is a good card uh, for those for those locals. Uh, right, yeah. let's move on from that. Have you something to say? No, I was just going to say, uh, Jake Matthews. Like uh, he kind of when he came in, it was a lot was expected of him, and he had a couple of. A couple of bad losses that maybe he, should, he the Kevin the Kevin Lee loss was, was uh, it's Kevin Lee's obviously a really good fighter and all that, but the Hallbrook loss uh, it was a split decision that could have went either way, but it, it, it kind of tempered my expectations for for, uh, mm-hmm. for Jake Matthews a bit. I think uh, I think though they're they're doing the right thing. They're giving them um, they're giving them uh, they're not giving them top guys like you know people like James Vick when he lost to James Vick like that was too much too quick. Like James Vick obviously is just. Really awkward style, a really tough nosed guy, and he's good everywhere. He's good on the feet. He's good in the submissions. It was just a, it was just too much too soon fighting people like Vic and Lee. But that was how much momentum the fans had, or the, how much uh, excitement there was by the fans around him, and he had a bit of momentum going. But he's still only twenty three. Like you know, it, he has a lot of time. So I think this, the slow roll is the right is the right choice here, and um, fighting in front of his home crowd with a nice matchup, he should get it done here. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm looking forward to that. Do you know Jack Matthews is actually Team Sheehan? He's rarely known by people, but Jack Matthews is up there in Team Sheehan, so I'm looking forward to that. Kept him quiet when he was winning. Yeah, I've always kind of kept him um I've always kind of kept him quiet. Um Okay, let's move on. <laughs> Anderson Silva was caught this week for two substances, one of which was a diuretic. Um and one of which was an anabolic agent, I believe. So it doesn't doesn't look good for Anderson Silva. A lot of people saying here he could get eight years because he's already he's already working with one failure, uh, which is his second failure, and now this is his third failure as he's working on his second failure. So now there was the talks of it being four years, and now it could be eight years with this as well. You know, likely the end of Anderson Silva's career, unless you know, unless he's he's moved or anything. What, I don't know, like eight years like a, a lot, <laughs> especially like that's a career ender for a lot of guys, even if you aren't as old as Anderson Silva, you know. But even a four year would probably be the end of Anderson Silva. You'd hope it would be the end. I don't want to see Anderson Silva fight in four years' time. Like, you know, he's already, yeah. he's already kind of, it's already kind of sad seeing him out there being a shadow, the ghost of Anderson Silva, as, as we were saying, even a couple of years ago, you know. And in four years' time from now. <sighs> It, it, it might turn out to be a blessing that Anderson, if he does get banned and just retires, and yeah. yeah, I just, I just, if he fights any top level guys, he just his chin is gone. Is is he relied on speed um, so much and mm-hmm. reflexes that it's just not there anymore? And is unless he can change his game completely, which I don't think he can do at this stage, then yeah, it's probably better off that he doesn't fight again. Ryan Giggs could do it. Yeah, that's all I said. But yeah, look, I I think he should be banned. I think it should be a career in there, to be honest. Three failed tests, you know, for multiple substances now at this stage. Um, I, I think I don't think he should be ever allowed to fight again, to be honest. I, I think that's enough. You know, it, look, someone can make a mistake once, and especially the first time, you know, it was just after he'd broken his leg, and you know, they gave the whole sex pills thing and all. So you know, if you want to buy into that, you can be that gullible and stuff. But when it when it's happened, you know, another two Magic times after that, from Thailand, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, you can understand as a guy, you know, he's on his last legs, he's forty, he's just after snapping his leg in half. You know, you could understand it then after, but like now he's just taking it because he wants to get back to where he was, and he's you know he's desperately trying, and he's cheating like it, it, that. That's it, you know. 
I don't know if there's any ethics, you know, left in sports. And I know some people, you know, love PDs and everything, but yeah, I, 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 like we've said it, you know, we've talked about it a hundred times before in the podcast, you know, you, you need to be caught rotten. I think, you know, like people, you know, people are getting caught with a bit of fucking testosterone in their uh, in their eggs in the morning or something like, and they're getting banned for it. Which uh, you know, I think you need to be caught red-handed. But he's been caught red-handed now, and he's caught three times. You know, he's caught after he's been caught already in in the midst of a ban. Like, so uh, yeah, I I don't just because he's Anderson Silva, just because he was a great fighter, I don't think uh, I don't think he should be given any special treatment or anything. And you know, it's a, it's a shame because he was one of the greatest of all time. And this definitely, definitely 100% tends his legacy. Uh, and like, you know, I mentioned there, you know, it, it's likely that he on well, it's not likely, but it, like, I think it's logical to look at he broke his leg and then he wasn't as good a fighter and then he took drugs maybe to get better. Like, looking back at Anderson Silva, you know, you could say that he never did it until then. And, and that's definitely an argument you could make. He, if he admitted that, I don't think anyone would be shocked. But it definitely taints it because people are going to say, you know, he was on him for his whole career and, you know, he he became a champion. He beat Chelsea and he beat Damien Maia, beat all these good guys while taking drugs and all. And even though he didn't fail tests, he's, you know, he's tainted with that for the rest of his career. And that's, that, you know, that's unfortunate for him. But look, if, if you take drugs, I think you deserve to be tainted like that because, you know, it, it's against rules. You're, you're you know, going in there against... Uh, Another human being, a lot of the guys as well. I know obviously Chelsea wasn't, but you know, a lot of the guys uh, gone in there who, who've never failed a drug test and you know, who are clean mm. athletes deserve to go in there against other clean athletes. And um, yeah, I've no sympathy for him to be honest. So if, if it if it is three, let's just say, let's just say it's a different situation where there's three uh, failures in the one test, and let's say let's say it turns out or there, there's there's a likelihood or a reasonable likelihood that it was like a tainted supplement or something. Are they just going to ban people for eight years? You know. It's... Well, there are mitigating circumstances as well. Like, if, well, like even when Machida, I think Machida, there was a lot of mm-hmm. doubt around Machida's one. They banned yeah. him anyway. So uh... yeah, hundred percent. Like these things need to be improved. Like uh, go over and follow Ian Kid. You know, if you're listening to this, he's the guy who always knows about it. Talks about these things. I think Machida's one was weird because I think it was something like he was just taken off the banned the substance list or something like that. And and he I was think it wasn't off. in a Brazilian database. It was in the like American one or something. Was yeah. it was that was it something like that as well? There was a, why, a few yeah. weird things going on around the Machida test. Yeah, that's why I always say this, you need to be caught red-handed, like, because it's, it, you can't, you know, just uh, tainting someone with that, with, uh, you know, being a drug sheet and all, that's very serious thing, like, and if they are a drug sheet, you should tend them with that, and it should be serious, but if they're not, and, it, you know, they took something that was in, it was legal at the time, and then it became illegal, and they didn't give enough time for it to clear out of your system and stuff, like, that's that's not fair either you know you shouldn't be tainting someone with that so like the machida thing i was as you said it was something like that um and, and i think that was unfair as well but you know well, let's, we, we let's say machida was now to, to fail a drug test and there was there was two or three different substances in this is yeah. hypothetically there was two or three different substances from some dodgy supplement or some whatever let's say there was a reasonable case he could make that it was a dodgy supplement mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to ban him for like four for for uh eight years like it just I seems suppose. a bit like yeah, that seems right. a bit ridiculous like yeah, that I suppose we'll see with Anderson because there was the mitigating circumstances in his one, wasn't there, with the whole dick pills and all. So, well, you know, maybe I think the Machida yeah, one was legit, kind of yeah, way more legit than most of these. Oh, my, my uh, fucking mate gave me a, a potion from Thailand or dick pills or whatever, like you know, these mm-hmm. stupid excuses. Like, but the Machida one, like, um, there was a lot of people talking about it, as you said, Ian Kidd and people like that. And there does seem to be a lot of weird circumstances going on, going on around that. And Machida had to end up accepting a, a ban just to, 
just to move on with his career and hopefully they can they can uh, like stuff like take putting stuff on the banlist that wasn't on the banlist and not giving people time to get out of their system or having the, the the US version of the USADA database different than the Brazilian one. So if they were to search they just need to sort all that stuff out because it, like as you say, it's a very serious accusation to be calling somebody a drug sheet. And if people are trying to do it honestly and just take supplements and not PEDs, then they shouldn't be they shouldn't be tarnished with with this. Like, so you've got to feel for Machida there. I don't feel for Anderson because I think you know he's been caught like a few times now. So that you you were saying that as you were saying, and a lot of people were saying the broken leg thing. People kind of using that as a oh well, maybe it was it was because he was old and he was coming back from this knee and, or this uh, broken leg. So. There was there was a bit there, but now it's now it's clear that like you know this mm-hmm. is this is no mistake. Yeah, in, in the words of Lance Armstrong as well, just on your previous point there, to make to make extraordinary claims, you need to have extraordinary evidence. There you go. <laughs> There's Lance Armstrong talking to you through that. Uh, well, well, like you robbed that from somebody. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was very funny though. Paul Kimmich talking about he he was like, why do you need extraordinary evidence? Why do you not just need evidence? <laughs> I love Paul Kimmich, he's a great man. He was like, yeah, he's right in fairness. Like, if they have just evidence, that should do. I just need extraordinary evidence. But uh, that's another point, I suppose. Right, let's move on here before we're stuck all day. Max Holloway is injured and out of his <sighs> UFC 2225. I'm happy. I'm literally... <laughs> I'm, I'm amazed no one, like... was. I didn't really get... I think I got one or two people, like, tweeting me. Oh, you must be delighted. But not that many. I was expecting more. I was like, they're talking about putting TJ Dillashaw against Cody Garbrandt in this, and I think that's a way better main event. You know, but TJ said he's just not going to do it. He had to wait two years, even though he, he mm-hmm. beat Dominic Cruz in his opinion and was told by UFC Brass that they thought he'd beaten Dominic Cruz as well. So he's like, well, if, if, if I won this fight in most people's eyes and then had to wait two years, uh, I'm not going to just give this guy it on short notice when I don't have a proper camp and all that stuff. So that makes sense. But if they if they might sweeten the deal with a bit of, bit of cheddar. The, the cheddar make it better, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about to say it. It's just about we're talking about Rambay Jackson a lot today. Yeah. If it makes dollars, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's, absolutely. that's probably what will happen. Or maybe there'll be an interim title fight uh, with Hove. There's talks of Brian Ortega, but. I think it should be Darren Elkins, but there might be a little advice there. But I think Brian Ortega against Eggers, what do you think of that? I, I think that's a good fight. I think that's probably the fight they should make. All jokes aside with, with Elkins and all. I, I think that's a good fight. Like Ortega is one of those guys. You know, I, I think Edgar probably win that fight, to be honest. Yeah, I Ortega think stand-up is just not, nowhere near Edgar's. No, good. And Edgar's... <clears throat> I don't think Edgar's going to let a guy like pull guard him or like get him up against the fence and, and take his head off. But Ortega is one of those next level jiu-jitsu guys who's awkward and just goes for it all the time. I always say it with guys like that. Like Habib is a little bit similar, not not with his submissions, but with the way he just goes for it. And if you if you're really skillful and you really go for it and you bring people to where your unbelievable skill is, you're fucking dangerous, very dangerous. And I think yeah. Brian Ortega is one of those guys. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him out of that fight at all. But I think Frank Edgar is would win that fight. But um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, it, it makes sense to, to to make that fight because if the rest, like Edgar's kind of fought everybody else, or and people who hasn't fought aren't really aren't really on streaks or aren't really ranked high enough or, or known well enough. Maybe Ortega isn't that well known, but it was a real nice submission uh, over Cubs Swanson that they can they can run that they can run that in the promos and you have the undefeated thing he's another guy actually like uh, maybe because it was before he ever fought in the UFC but he failed a drug test for some kind of mm-hmm. anabolic steroid that people never talk about which is it's weird the way some people cowboy some people 
follows him around. Yeah, Cowboy Cerrone got caught in WEC for a diuretic, I think it was, was it? So yeah, some people just get tarnished with it, and other people just get let off completely, which which is really strange. But that's kind of a side point. But yeah, it's just Holloway being injured is it's. I don't know. You you didn't like the fight, but I I liked the fight. I wanted to see it. I wanted to, like uh, it. Kind of it prob- probably be showed that Max Holloway uh, is is on a different level to Egger, but uh, like Egger, Egger can wrestle if if he if he needs to, and when he gets on top, he's dominant. So it'll be interesting to see the like the okay his improvements in takedown defense are obvious. Max Holloway's uh, takedown defense, but w- when he's on his back, how does he look now? Somebody like Egger probably put him there if if. Uh, well, maybe he couldn't, but there's a good, there's a good likelihood he would have been able to put him there uh, if he needed to. So it would have been interesting to see how he answered them questions. But uh, I don't know if they'll put the fight back together. Or they probably will. They probably will in the end. But um, it's just unfortunate. I was looking forward to that, even though, even if you weren't. I, I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I kind of was looking forward to the fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think just, a, I think it's a good fight. to your original point. You just <laughs> back in it's not that, but it just annoyed me the way he he kept getting title shots. But um. Yeah, we've talked about that before anyway, and that's neither here nor there. Um, escaped another high-level striker. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back Graham Maynard. Give Graham Maynard that shot. <laughs> yeah. That trilogy needs Poor to be... Uh, so I don't know what, so, so many times. The, the trilogy, well, they tra- fought three times, didn't they? Or did they fight twice? Well, they fought know. once before the title shot back yeah. in the day, and, and Maynard won, I think, uh, did he? Or yeah, I think Maynard won the first Yeah, one. they did, didn't he? And, uh, yeah, they did. Great, it was, was like a great beat, even. Yeah, great beat. I, I think so. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter. They did two unreal, uh, unreal fights. Right, let's move on. What did you think of this whole fight, man? With, with Paddy Power, uh, shorts on, getting into the cage. Um, it looked like it was an ad for Paddy Power. Uh, I think that was the what he was doing. He Paddy Power probably paid him to do that. I'd, I'd say. Yeah, I, I, I like they got me. Like they really got me with that. I like um, for about two days. I like not all I can think of, but like some people were asking me about. It, and I was like, yeah, they're gonna fight. There's <laughs> no like, way. There's no way. Uh, there's no way. Is is there a way though? Is there a way? Are you gonna be able to pay him like three hundred million? I don't think so. And it, was he, like he could just do boxing against anybody, um, and, and make the same they, money. What if they co-promoted? What? As an event, what if they co-promoted as a Mayweather production, Mayweather promotions event, right? In association with McGregor and the UFC, left Showtime out of it. UFC can put it on TV. They don't have to bring it in as a UFC um, event. They, it's a fly Mayweather event, but the UFC, you know, work with them like they did the last time. But they keep Showtime out of it. Then there's more money for flight. There's more I don't money. Think for they can't keep Showtime out of it. He signed an exclusive deal with with, with, with Showtime, didn't he? He bought himself out of his other contract and. Yeah, but I, is he not finished with that now? I think he only has a certain amount of fights on that, and I think that was up even before the McGregor fight. I, I could be wrong there now. But oh, maybe I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I, I thought he was. He was yeah. like he had to go with them, but maybe he doesn't. But yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, he's he's just he just got absolutely annihilated, and I think he knows that. Yeah, like I had one person saying to me that McGregor has less of a chance of winning in boxing than Floyd has in MMA, and I'm like. No, no, there's really that's not true. McGregor won like three rounds. No, he landed a big uppercut. He could have knocked him out. Like he, I know he wouldn't. The uh, flight's fifty, you know, 
and McGregor's, you know, no chance of beating him. But Floyd literally has no chance in the world of beating him in MMA. Like, none at all. Like, there's, it, people don't understand. Like, oh, I could catch him once and put him down. It's like, yeah, if you have the ability, you know, in an MMA fighter, if you have an MMA, if you have the ability of an MMA fighter where you can get inside, where you can get through the leg kicks, get through the takedowns, to, to land that big punch, maybe you can then, but he doesn't have that ability. McGregor just kicked the legs off him. He, he'd beat him without taking him down. He could beat him without punching him in the face. It's, it'd just be so easy. Like, it'd be like fighting a child. It'd be like fighting you. Like, you know, it'd, it'd just be really easy. Unless he, unless he fought CM Punk, then, he, then he'd probably win that. That's about it, well, though. I'd, I'd watch that fight. Do you think... I don't know what he like. CM Punk? CM Punk's been training, you know, with Ben Askren and Duke Rufus and all them boys. Would he, would he uh, not just keep like, his Remember, the, the, what was that? The evolution of Punk thing? They got mm. some guy in off the street and wouldn't even name him. <laughs> and then he, he nearly beat he nearly beat CM Punk in that gym fight. And uh, CM Punk, like... The one punch he has thrown in MMA is absolutely diabolical. Like uh, Floyd's, Floyd's boxing is just gonna <laughs> like I don't know. I don't see it happening, but like that's the only like if I was Floyd, I wouldn't fight anybody except CM Punk because he's just gonna get annihilated. And but like then it, it's it's super embarrassing for Floyd if you do end up losing to CM Punk. So maybe that's just maybe he preferred to have the <laughs> yeah, to have the yeah, nothing yeah, to lose yeah. factor than the oh I have a chance of winning here. I just don't see it happening either way. I just think it was an ad for Paddy Power. He's trying to keep himself relevant in the news and all that stuff. I just, I just he wasn't even like, you know, he, he's in there barefisted. He doesn't even know that he wears gloves and shit. Like, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, no, he gloves on. He gloves on. Oh, well, oh yeah, the second one. Yeah. And he put up a picture. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, in the video, he didn't. Yeah. Look, Graham, you can't shoulder all off your back. That's all I'll say. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's my favorite. Uh, right. Let's move on. Before we get to the questions, Verdum against Volkov was made the main event. We were talking about this last week, so we won't get into it in great detail, but this isn't going to do much to appease the fans, is it really? This isn't. This well, isn't. It's, it's definitely better than it's definitely better than a lot of the fights on the car, but it doesn't really say much. Uh, <laughs> I think the talk of Till against uh, Till against Gunny uh, got people excited, and then this was just like deflated the, the balloon. But it is it's it's not it's not, not that bad a fight like but it's when it's the main event it's just it's just not a main event well like Verdum Verdum is one of the you know the greatest heavyweights of all time but he, he's he's on the, the the downturn of his career now it looks and I think uh, I think maybe if you put that fight on in Brazil the Brazilian fans would love it but in yeah. London it just it just doesn't really make sense as a main event. I thought it was gas. I saw a few Americans saying like, oh, they have the European there in the main event headline slot. I was like, oh, oh Volkov, is he? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, what? I think that some Americans have a really weird sense of what Europe is. Like, in Volkov in London, nobody cares about him. You know, nobody. Like, you know, Gunnar Nelson even, you know, because he's McGregor's teammate, maybe, and people know him that way, you know, maybe that'd be a little bit different. Obviously, he was going to fight Till, that'd be brilliant, that'd be huge, but people would like both of them. But yeah, it's that's just not going to work at all. It'd be a good fight and whatever, but and, and it's definitely improved the event. You know, it's worth watching now, at least, and the people who bought mm -hmm. their tickets. You know, I'd, if that event was on in Ireland, you know, you could buy tickets, so no problem. But yeah. it, it's just, and I don't think you really need that. You, you do need the main town guy in, in the in the headliner i think but if you just had a, like a really really good fight look like if you had i don't know let's just say who oh, give me a weight class if you had edson barboza against 
um, you know, Tony Ferguson. I'm not Tony Ferguson because he's champion against uh, Habib. That, that happened a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that like that'd be a brilliant main event. People would love that. Neither of them are from England and stuff like that. But I know, you know, Verdum and Volkov just don't satisfy that. Like I remember the time in Dublin when uh, when Stipe versus uh, Rotwell fell out, and I was really disappointed because I really liked that fight. I like both guys the way they fight, and people are saying, "Oh, who cares about that?" You know, Joseph Duffy's still there, Paddy Hoolan's still there. That's all we're going for anyway. And I was like, "Yeah, that's that's." That's a very weird one for me. So there is that argument that you need that hometown guy in the in the main event and stuff. And Manoa wasn't strong enough. The, the way people reacted to that fight, nobody wanted to see that fight, that rematch again. And for it to be the main event would be a, an absolute farce. But um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right, let's move on to the questions. Nekil Dea, finally, after a hiatus of about two months, is back with his Q&A. First question, true or false? Nate Diaz fights Conor McGregor. So Nate Diaz fights again before Conor McGregor. Um, true I'm going to say true see Ariel put up a tweet about maybe Nate Diaz fighting in the main event of UFC 222 Ariel put up a tweet that like hinting he put up a gif of Nate Diaz saying he's like the only headliner that's available that could maybe fit in for Max Holloway and and that card and and fight someone possibly Um, that'd be be interesting but well maybe they they could even I don't, yeah. Would Frank Yeager take that fight if they offered to him a 54? Uh, no. Oh, 50, oh, fuck. Oh, yeah, oh, I'd watch that fight. But no, I doubt it. Oh, but I want to see that now. <laughs> yes. Remember last week we talked about all the Nate's fights? We're like, yeah, he'd beat everyone at 55, so maybe. Put him in there against Barboza. I saw he was looking for a fight there recently. Although he did get the shit beat out of him by Habib not that long ago, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say uh, true as well. Uh, the UFC will stop the pay-per-view format in America and make Fight Pass more like the WWE Network and have all events available through that. Uh, for WWE has, has all the pay-per-views and stuff, does it? Yeah, nine ninety-nine a month in America, but it's like fourteen quid here or something. Oh yeah, and uh, no, I don't think so. Not, not, not soon. Uh... No. And if they were to do it, it'd too be much like money 30, to be made. Thirty quid a month or something like yeah, hundred percent. Uh, with his WWE contract only having a few months left in it, will we see Brock Lesnar back in the UFC when his suspension is up? When is the suspension up? Uh, he, he has six months left in it, and he has to go back into the USADA testing ooh, yeah. pool again. It's it's frozen. Uh, so I don't think so. I think he'll he'll hint at it while he renegotiates his WWE contract, like he always does, and then he'll just sign with WWE. I think he'll fight again. I'm going to say true. CM Punk will fight at UFC 225 in Chicago. Definitely true. He's from Chicago. Um, um, He pulled out a good few times uh, before his first fight. Um, Or well, yeah, I'll go true, but I wouldn't be too confident. No UFC title will be fought for three times in 2018. Was was Tipe DC? Was Tipe and in, in in January? It was. Yeah. So he's he's so. fighting again in July. I think that will be. So he'll probably fight again. Yeah. Every fight on the main card of UFC 221 goes the distance. Mm. What are the fights? Tui Tuivasa uh, Hunt. Uh, uh, the main event, uh, Jake Matthews and um, the other Tyson chap, Pedro. Tyson Pedro. I don't, no, I don't think so. I think Tuivasa will get a stoppage. Yeah, I think, I, I don't think, I think there'll be a couple of stoppages and, and uh, more yeah. than likely. Yeah, 100%. Uh, da, 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 da. let's look through a few of the other questions here. Thank you, Nate, for that. Did you actually did you see Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble? Well, well not in the Royal Rumble, and on the pay per view, um, your man Braun Strowman need him in the head, and then Brock just punched him straight across the face. Uh, 
Oh, I saw um, I saw somebody a little video of it. Yeah, a little gif of it or a little. It just basically he, he, he your, your man was trying to fake hit him and Lesnar got pissed off and landed two or three punches on him. Yeah, he actually kneed him in the face by accident. Like, and Brock was like, he punched him in the punch him in the stomach and then punched him in the face. Like, calm down. It was brilliant. Uh, Mister Podge asks, how disappointing would it be if Connor's next fight is Floyd Mayweather? I don't think it's likely, but I, yeah, I, I, that'd be. I won't. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I think I think it'd be pretty disappointing. I'd I'd like to see him beat the shit out of Floyd Mayweather in fairness, but uh, I um yeah I don't I don't think I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, next question is from Farrell Connolly. Uh, you lads are f- a fucking notion. What's the story with Nick Diaz? <laughs> we ever gonna see him fighting the UFC again? Could it not be possible if he joins up with Scott Coker at Bellator? Am um, I smoking too much? Yeah, he's still in contract with UFC. I presume that's that's frozen as well. And uh, as you mentioned there a couple of weeks ago, he's that that suspension. He's in the midst of it as well. I think for missing three whereabouts things. Uh, so yeah, I'm. He's like one of those guys who kind of just looks retired and looks like he's not going to fight again. But you'd never know. Yeah, um, I, I, I'd, I'd love to see him back, but it just as time goes on, it doesn't doesn't seem that he that he's gonna. He seems to be still out having the crack uh, out in the out in the past. Um, they'd have to offer him big fight with serious money. I think he's not just going to go in there and fight any anybody. So. I think the standoff's going to continue, and it's going to be up to Nick to 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 make it happen. And I don't think he's too interested in making it happen. Yeah, one hundred percent. Try rootless UFC asks about Ortega and Edgar. We already discussed that. Uh, Gavin Springer, friend of the podcast, asked, "What would, why would anyone want to fight in a Brazilian in Brazil after result in last night's main event?" I think that's a little bit harsh, but. You know these these things do happen a little bit. You know, it, it, as we mentioned when we gave the reasons for the crowd and everything like that, it is it is a bit. You know, it's it's tough, all right. You're going to be a brave man if you're going to go over there, our lady, to go over and fight a Brazilian in Brazil, or you know, to fight an Irish person in Ireland. It's not just a Brazilian thing, uh, and and I suppose maybe the Americans are the only ones who don't really have that advantage, um, and that's unfortunate for them. But yeah, it's, well, they do have the advantage of not having to to fly as far yeah. and all that stuff like the kind of taking for granted that most of these most of these american fighters get to fight in their their home country nearly every fight mm-hmm. that is true in fairness that is but the, uh, i'm saying the, the crowd noise and stuff and the judges being influenced they don't really have that much unless you're steep in cleveland or you know one of those yeah. guys but yeah um <clears throat> it's frog at wally frogmore is fight fatigue worse for those who work in covering the industry well, I suppose we've kind of been covering it the whole time when this new, like, 50 events a year schedule has been going on in the UFC alone and in other ones. So it's hard to tell, I suppose. But, yeah, the fatigue the fatigue can be real from it. Although I think we kind of found ways of getting around it. You kind of, we're kind of getting used to it now because it hasn't been going on that long, really, only a few years. But, yeah, it can, it can get draining at times, especially when, like, there's events like these on top of each other which aren't really great. And, um yeah, you know, you don't really care about them to be honest, but it's just like for us as well, staying up late and stuff is is a bit of a pain in the hole. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's there's certain cards where you're just like, oh, but it's 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 rare enough. Like, um, usually just some there's a couple of fights or at least one fight on a card that you're looking forward to that would save the card or or make it somewhat interesting. But there, there has been a few where where you're just like, come on, this is just there's nobody, there's nobody here, but. I suppose they're trying to they're trying to break into markets. They're trying to 
give Fox the the Fox Sports the the content they owe them, and they're trying to get fight pass, or they're trying to keep people buying fight pass. They're trying to do pay per views. They're they're trying to do a lot of shit, and they've only they've only, they've basically got the same amount of people on the roster as they did when a few few years back when they were doing way less shows. So it's obviously going to be stretched a bit thin. Um, yeah, no, I, like more fights the better, as long as they're, they're not complete and other crap. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Abhishek underscore Ashok asks Do you feel Dominic Cruz should move up and fight Holloway or Edgar or Aldo at 145 pounds? Uh, he said he feels that toss. I, I don't think so because like he has a win over the champion at 135 at the moment. So, you know, maybe if he wins one more or just gets healthy, I, I think that the title fight is definitely there for him. So, yeah, I don't think that'd be a good move. Yeah, I think, he should, stay, I think he should stay at 135. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Andy Stevenson asked a long question here, but it's basically about J- John Dodson and and the should guys get uh, it in their contract about their show money being paid. Like this was this was a a bit disgraceful, wasn't it? Pedro Munoz missed weight for his fight against John Dodson. John Dodson said, "I'm not fighting this." This guy came in like four or five pounds overweight, and John Dodson got a portion of his money after a bit of pushing, but he didn't get all his show money when he showed up, made weight, and everything like that. I think it's it's a disgrace. He really should get it. I, I find it a bit odd, and I look at this is nothing got to do with it. I think he should get paid either way because he did his job. But I always find it a bit odd. Like you're going to get twenty percent of a guy's money more than you're scheduled to get, and you're fighting the same guy. I know he's a few bonds overweight, but like I'd be hoping my opponent missed weight every time I went to fight, so I get extra money and I can fight the same guy. Or you know, well, it depends if, 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 if the guy if the guy killed himself trying to get down, or like. If he put in the work and just been able to not get there by a couple of pounds, he looked drained and stuff, maybe. But then if he turns up and he doesn't look like he's tried that hard and he misses weight, maybe he'd be like, here, mate, like, come on. Yeah. You're just trying to get a size advantage here. But yeah. people like Dodson, you know, you're, you're not exactly, um, he may be like a top-level guy who's for the belt, but he's not exactly in a position in contract negotiations with the UFC to be d- demanding too many stipulations in his contract. But, yeah, if you turn up, Make if you turn up and do the camp, turn up, make weight. You're ready to go. The other guy isn't isn't ready to go. Then I think you should, that's you, that's you, that's you showing up. That that should be your show money. But uh, obviously the the contract obviously isn't structured like that, and the, it seems to be at the UFC's discretion whether they want to give it or not. Some guys they give it to, some guys they don't. Some guys they give a portion of it, like they have here. Maybe the UFC were unhappy with Dodson not not taking the fight. Maybe that was part of it. But yeah, I think I think he definitely deserves his his full show money. Yeah, 100%. A last question here as well from Big Sam Allardyce's biggest fan, Jeremy Botter. On a scale of Limerick to Dublin, with Limerick being the worst, how dare you? How excited is Graham for the return of CM Punk to the UFC this summer? Um, uh, it's pretty Limerick. It's pretty, uh, I'm going to go, I'd say it's Limerick as well, say, because I'm extremely excited for it. So it's, it might be, you know, it might even be Virgin on Cork, like, you know. But Limerick being the worst, was it? Yeah, but I'm just ignoring that part because that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just awful. Actually, we'll be in Cork next week, next Friday. So tune in to Cage Legacy fight card coming up. There's a lot of the, the Cork guys on that. And uh, I believe a few of Paddy Hoolan's gym as well is on it. And a lot of the boys as well from Dundalk and, and there, thereabouts. So. If you're around on Friday at, at Cage Legacy, come up to us and say hello. Am I right, Graham? Should they, should they say hello? Ask you for a picture? Yeah, I should be there. Yeah, I'm, uh, I haven't booked a hotel or anything yet, but uh, I have to do that. Um, yeah, I should be there. Yeah. If anyone has a room for Graham to stay in, that's <laughs> 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 where Meg and Meg and all bell there. Uh, right, before we go, what about, what about Liverpool 1? Liverpool, did they win? 
no, they're playing Spurs. Oh, no, oh, yeah, they're playing Spurs. Oh, yeah, it's, it's now half three here, so we would get the podcast done early. So, yeah, man, United won 2 0 anyway. Uh, Super Bowl tonight. Who should I support? The Atlanta Falcons. Or no, who, who's in it? The Eagles and the Patriots. Patriots. Oh, your team got beats on the semi final, did it? Yeah, um, got absolutely hammered by the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to do a poll on Twitter. So, I'll go over there on Twitter and see who, who I should support. Who are you supporting? Who do you think will win? Um, who do I think will win? I, I'd say, I'd say the Patriots will win, but I kind of like to see the Eagles win just because the Patriots are always winning. It gets a bit boring. Mm. Let's go, the Eagles. Let's go, Tom Brady. Woohoo. Let's do it. And I kind of like Tom Brady because everybody hates him. That kind of makes mm, me. I like, like that too. Because well. everybody hates yeah. him rationally as well. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like United, United, best, yeah. yeah, exactly like Man United. You're dead right, like Man United. Yeah, hundred percent right, hundred percent. All right, United everybody. Only have fucking, what are the three three European Cups in the whole history of their club? Four. One World Cup and two World Wars. Down at that's England way. Actually. <laughs> 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 All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Go over and uh, follow us, Graham at Severe and May, me at Sean Sheehan BA. Go over and buy some stuff, severeandme.com for our slash merchandise. Help us out. Uh, follow you go to severeandme.com and look for all the latest news. There'll be uh, UFC embedded out this week, so so uh, check them out there, severeandme.com. I'm sure Graham will be embedding them, putting them up. Um, tell your friends about the podcast, tweet it out, tag someone, tag Graham, you know, tag tag everyone, you know, tag you know, me, Noel, Pizzi, um, Andy Cohen, Podrick, shout out to Podrick Forn everyone patrick sheen tag them all and they'll they'll retweet it and we'll get you a few new followers and everything so do that um and thanks everyone for listening before we go the inspirational quote of the week never let your emotions overpower your intelligence we'll see you next tuesday or monday or possibly sunday